welcome to Gardener's Podcast, part of Garden Church in Southern California. Today, we have our sermon recap from this last Sunday, September 17th, from a sermon titled Fasting in Babylon. That's right, we're going to be talking about fasting today. It's going to be so good. We have Pastor Darren Roundsen with us, as well as Pastor Michael Petrella. I'm Darren Galindo, and welcome to the conversation. Before we jump in, I highly recommend listening to Sunday's message. Go ahead and pop on over to the Garden Church podcast and give that a listen. For more information about Garden Church, you can visit us at our website at garden.church. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome, guys. We're here for another round. Let's go. We're Let's here. Go. We out here. These are the voices of we out here. We're Darren in, Roundsen. We're actually in here. And Michael Petrella. <laughs> we're here. Yeah. We're not in the sanctuary of the green room today. Where no. are we? We're in the wave room. We're yeah. in the kids' room. What age group is this? Do you know? I think it's for the little little kids. The little kids. Ones. Yeah, kids. It's the yeah. little kids. So they have a lot of fun in here. I'm you so guys t- can't see it, but it's chocked full of kids' books and stuffy coffee cart things. Stuff yeah. and all the supplies for Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and Michael, why are we in here? I think we got kicked out of the sanctuary. <laughs> we did get kicked out. We got kicked out because we, we love our space being used 24 seven. When we said years ago, if we ever get our own space, we're going to use it. And so we have circuit writers and YWAM. uh, I think it's YWAM music from the Kona base. They're all here doing training all week long. So it's awesome. So if you hear a little noise in the background, that's, it's just the glory of God falling. Getting rowdy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, gosh, the, we get to do this again. And uh, I love this rhythm of Sunday gatherings and then just this space where we get to not only hear from you, Pastor Darren, um, but inviting other voices into this conversation of really just going deeper into the topic from Sunday and elaborating on it and kind of hitting on some questions uh, that a lot of people might have surrounding the subject. Uh, Michael, you were there uh, on Sunday. What was your, what was some of your takeaways from Sunday? Yeah. My biggest takeaway was that I never heard fasting talked about the way you talked about it mm-hmm. growing up. I grew up in the church and fasting was a discipline. It wasn't a discipline. Actually, it was a last line kind of plea. Like a Hail Mary pass. Yes. Like yeah. if I've tried everything your, else. your loved one is on their last leg, they have stage four cancer and they're in the hospital, you're fasting. And then, uh, and, and, and not to be like, like bleak or, or, or like kind of uh, belittling it, but until they died, like you would fast or something like that. And it wasn't something that you regularly incorporated into your discipleship, like a modeling Jesus. And so yeah, I, I really appreciated the way you talked about fasting. It was actually, it got me so excited. I was like taking so many notes and I resonated with a lot of the invitations that you had about it, of incorporating it regularly, the fruit of it, the results of it. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to like hear our community if they end up adopting this right. this challenge, this, yeah. this discipline. I, I love that distinction. It is true because, you know, fasting is, 
you know, a way in the church where like, okay, we're really going after the things we're praying for, uh, someone who's sick. Yeah. We're going to fast. I've done that. I do that all the time for mm-hmm. people that are going through suffering or trials. And it is a way of doing that, but it yeah. is interesting. Like I, I didn't even put that together, but like that is how, so, so for those of you listening, if you didn't hear the sermon, you should listen to it. But that is kind of how most churches kind of practice the discipline. It's like, Hey, this is a Hail Mary pass. We need mm-hmm. God to show up. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to sacrifice food so that I can, you know, maybe twist God's arm yes. to yeah. answer. Um yeah. which again, that's coming from a bad place of theology. Yeah. And and not and and part of it is true like you should fast in those situations, but God, you know, God is listening. You know, he loves you. He's with you and it's not a way to twist his arm to get what you your outcome. It it, it almost feels like a burden to enter into fasting. Something's really weighing on your heart. And so I'm going to fast rather than this formational piece of delighting on God's presence. And that's what you were drawing us into yesterday. I was like, yeah, this is something that is not just for the super holy, for the saints, for the church fathers and the desert, like all of that. But this is for the regular ordinary people that want to grow to look like Jesus. And yeah, that was for me something that n- was never taught. And I would even say how fasting was practiced wasn't taught. It was just something avoided. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's right. one of these taboo topics that's just like, we don't really talk about it because we're not really going to well, do it. <laughs> I know my experience um, in uh, previous churches was, it. I, th- I thought of it like a dial. You know, if one on the dial was passing someone in the hallway and being like, I'm praying for you, brother. You know, that good old classic move. You don't sure. have like, there's no buy-in. Yeah. Um, and then 11 was like, oh, I got to fasting. Like I've yeah. tried, you know, steps one, two, three, all the way up to 10. And this is where I need to crank it up a little bit right. more. Yeah. And it was, it was almost in that mindset of like the, not only it, it, thinking about it in the dial sense, not only is this like extreme, but it's also assuming that every Christian is on zero to begin with. Yeah. It's yeah. that like your default setting is not praying, not communing with the Father, not having presence yeah. with him. Yeah. And fasting was like the extreme, like you're obviously can't sustain that for very long. So mm-hmm. it's a short little quick thing, like skip a meal and get your prayers answered, you know? And yeah. um that's, you know, an unfortunate thing. And we don't like that here. No, not no. at all. <laughs> well I think that's good. I mean I think in the back of your mind you're like, okay, I gotta twist God's arm for the outcome. Like now you're worshiping a vending machine, right? If Mm -hmm. I just sacrifice some food and fast, then he loves me more and gives me what I want. Like that's not good theology. That's a distorted view of God. That's a distorted view of spirituality. And let me just talk about that because I think some of the disclaimers that I didn't share, like you were talking about it, Darren, um, the idea of fasting, um, how it can quickly become a religious kind of pharisaical, like, mm. you know, climbing up the spiritual ladder, I'm better, you know, and it, it's not that. Like weaponizing it. Yeah, you, you know, it's not that at all. There's no performance in spiritual disciplines. We're, we're teaching through a series, you know, Jesus People, and we're looking at the ministry of Jesus, the, the, the narratives of Jesus, replacing our narratives with his. We're looking at lifestyle habits and practices. So we talked about the solitude and silence or the secret place. And now this this new practice that we're kind of teaching again is fasting. Yeah. We're just like reading the gospels, you see Jesus fasted, you know, and, and then he he will also like on the other side tell other f- people not to fast. Like so he has this like loose 
um, way of looking at the spiritual practices of his day because they made them the main point. So he's always challenging the religious mindset yeah. or the religious heart. Just like Sabbath, you know, he'll teach on Sabbath, he'll practice the Sabbath, but then he'll perform miracles on the Sabbath and tell people to pick up their mat and walk on the Sabbath, which is, you know, undoing oral tradition. So there's this like real playful, rebellious heart <laughs> towards religion that Jesus has. Yeah. And so for him, all to say like fasting, um, the way we taught it would be a way of training. You know, I think that's how I'd like to teach the spiritual disciplines. It's just, yeah. if we're disciples of Jesus, look, we're going to be training ourselves in partnership with the Holy Spirit, in the power of grace, with effort. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not earning our way to God. We are already beloved saints. And so we are, we are becoming who we already are. That's what spiritual disciplines do. They help us become who we already are. And so there are things in our lives that hinder that growth. And so fasting is abstaining from food for a predetermined time to allow your life to experience the fruit of the Spirit and the grace of God and to just at the very least allow the things that are underneath the surface to bubble up and not be judgmental towards those things, whether it's anger or resentment or hurriedness or, you know, all the petty things that come out when you're hungry or hangry. Yeah. Um, and bring them before the Lord so you learn through fasting how to practice self-control, how to practice self-restraint, how to how to not be reacting to the the hunger pangs or the, the desire for pleasure or whatever it is you're doing. That's what, you know, fasting trains you in. Yeah. Uh, Michael, you happened to have fasted uh, recently was yeah. that on purpose and you know to prepare your heart for the sermon like this you just lost your reward <laughs> i know so, I'm just I, kidding, I'm just <laughs> i can't believe you did that, that to was me. My, i mean matthew chapter 6 verses 16 um, secret. <laughs> yeah so last sunday so the sunday you talked about healing i made the decision leading up to that sunday that i was going to start a fast and um this was my second time doing a prolonged fast. So I regularly have done day fast or skip a few few meals, incorporated that into my schedule because of just uh, other like moments people have talked about fasting. I'm like, okay, this is a discipline I want to incorporate into my life. And then a year ago, I was discerning whether or not I should do a prolonged fast and God kind of confirmed it in multiple ways. And I went to 10 days and that was just, I was going to see when was God going to tell me to stop. And my goal was 21, but I was like, it was like one to 21 in, in between there where, where is God going to tell me to stop? And so it was a profound experience. And I experienced a lot of the things that you talked about yesterday of like personal renewal. And so I made it, I, I kind of said it in my heart that I was going to do this once a year to commune with God, to grow in relationship with him. And it was around that one year mark. And I was just processing because knowing the holidays are coming up, like, I don't want to do it like while that's happening. Yeah. So you want to have this. I want to have pumpkin pie. Pumpkin I want to, you know, and you maybe, and maybe, turkey. maybe that highlights some idols in my own heart, but Tell me about that. Just yeah. <laughs> but uh, I started last Sunday not knowing that this upcoming Sunday was about fasting. Yeah, because I changed it. You changed it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is like perfect. And so I set Sunday, set to start it on Sunday, and I ended it on Friday. And that week was it, was, it was more profound and impactful than 
the fast last year. I feel like last year was, I, I jumped from maybe regularly doing it once a week to 10 days, not really knowing like how to do a 10 day fast mm. or, or, or longer. And so I kind of prepared better this time. I had a lot of electrolytes and, and, and that was kind of like the way to kind of combat the hunger pains and also the, the dehydration that fasting, like natural, the toxins leading your body. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the science, but I know that that is like part of it. But I found that from Sunday to Friday, that time frame was like forming me in so many ways. And one of the things that immediately you feel and you start to recognize is how weak you are and how dependent you become on God during that time. Like uh, I go to the gym regularly, couldn't go to the gym that week, but you feel a lot weaker than that. So I just saw it in my body. I was like, wow, I'm slowing down. I'm still I'm aware. I'm not like just like dull or gloomy, but I notice that like I move a lot slower without thinking about it. And additionally, in moving slower, I notice that how much like I try to fill empty space with food. I wanted to like go snack multiple times throughout the day. And you just notice your habits more often when you when you're lacking them if that makes sense uh, lacking the things that you naturally go to in your rhythms and so i can talk a lot about like the things i learned from but i would just like first wanted to just say like it was a, a really profound experience of of re- limiting myself limiting the things that i i normally do to like feast on God's presence. Mm. And a lot of times you don't feel very spiritual. A lot of times you're just kind of like making it through day one. And that's really like my, uh, like my normal is day one is the worst day. Mm. All the uh, pains of not having coffee, not having food, the headaches, you're just like, I, I just like want to go to sleep. And there's no like feeling very holy. But you notice from Sunday to Friday, you notice over time that how much you're praying, how much you're feeling God's presence. And I had a list of reasons why I was fasting, Mm. things I was bringing up to prayer, things I was contending for. And, um, and, and I just saw prayers answered and saw breakthrough in my own life in a variety of ways. Saw breakthrough in my spouse's life in a variety of ways. And by the end, I didn't want to stop. I don't want to stop fasting because I was like, wow, like I'm so close with God. I feel so close with him. And again, it's not a legalistic thing. Like you were saying, it simply was about his presence. And so, yeah, uh, that, that's without kind of spending the whole hour talking about, cause I could talk about it for a whole hour or more. Uh, it was a, it is something I want to continually do regularly in my life. I love to just talk about some of the things I heard because one, um, just again, for listeners, disclaimer, not everyone should fast. Just remember that, like Definitely. you should prepare, yeah. like, don't, mm-hmm. don't do it. Talk to your doctors, stuff like that. Yes. You were, you prepared for it. I love hearing yeah. like, Hey, you know, you got to have electrolytes. There, there's some practical things that you did to prepare for a longer extended fast. And, yes. yeah. and that had a, a better impact on your body, but also the experience because jumping right in cold Turkey, you're going to experience all sorts of things. It's hard. So we know Real. that. Yeah. The other thing I love is how you um, you didn't, when you chose to fast, 
It wasn't just that you're giving up food. You're giving up rhythms of working out. You're giving up hobbies of health. You're giving up things that give life. And and again, so people don't often see that, but like you knew going into it, I'm not going to work out because I won't have energy. I yeah. can't just keep doing that because yeah. um, that will that will limit the ability and capacity to offer this as a worship to God Yes. versus I'm just going to keep doing my normal life yeah. and just happen to not eat. You can't do that. There's a no. great... So again, there's a greater surrender. More limitations are placed upon you yeah. as you enter into the fast as an act of worship. You're saying... Yeah my physical health, like working out my routine is going to be, I'm going to, I'm not going to pause that mm-hmm. so that I could be, I can have energy and seek the Lord. So there's, there are other consequences and other sacrifices that you had to make for the extended fast. Exactly that. And last year I noticed when I wasn't prepared, not only did was I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that dehydration and like unaware of how my physical body was going to feel. But last year, I remember distracting myself many times throughout the fast with like, whenever hunger would come up, I would turn to like going to my phone and distracting myself. And so I knew that this year, I was like, I don't want to do that again. So it it is a learning experience. And like all spiritual disciplines, you don't get good. Rarely will you be good when you first start, if ever. It is something that you learn how to get better at. And again, not for the sake of getting good at it, but you learn what your body is it responds in, all the sin that kind of yeah. bubbles up, and you offer it to God, being like, okay, I remember last time I did this, I kind of wish things were different, and how am I going to approach it differently? Yeah, I think this is good. I, I think, again, like spiritual disciplines, you will it will get easier, get right? Easier. So yeah. I have a friend who started doing um, 50 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, and 150 squats every day in mm-hmm. January. He's doing it every day. It's, it's called Cindy 5, 10, 15, or 10, 20, 30. And now he's doing like, he had a weight vest, you know, he's added a weight vest at one point. Yeah. It's September. He's now added two weight vests. Mm-hmm. He's doing like 45 pounds and it's like not even hard. Like that's pretty impressive that's in nine months yeah. of incremental growth in the same way, like you start with a meal, you, you move on. And you'll get benefits from it. And for you, the goal isn't the accomplishment of the fast. The goal yeah. is intimacy with God, which totally. for all everyone, like that, that the goal is just to partake in the things that Jesus did mm-hmm. so that you can learn to become like him, to think like him, and do what he did without having to think about it. That's yeah. the goal. So and at the end of the day, the goal is union with God. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to create these lifestyle habits, replacing bad habits with new, better habits that are Christ-like. So yeah. No, and I love your your story, Michael, um, and just such an invitation because it it wasn't like this. You know, I'm gonna excel in this this crazy challenge. It was just a simple invitation, like in your normal Christian life. You know, it yeah. was just like I am not trying to you know save a life, or I'm not trying to like achieve some great thing. This is just like some invitation that I get to do as part of my communion with God. Yes. Um, and Darren, one of the things that I, uh, that I wanted to ask you is, uh, the significance of food in fasting. I know we've heard a lot of times where people want to fast certain things or like uh, one aspect of their life, you know, social media or coffee or sweets or, or stuff like that. What's the significance of food and why is it so important to fast it? Well, it's biblical. So for me, I always go back to what does scripture teach and that might not be 
you know, an authority in your life. But for us, it's an authority. Like, so when scripture teaches about fasting, it's talking about food. It's talking about food and alcohol, sweets. Like if you could look at all the times that Israel fasted or people in scripture fast um, in the Old and New Testament, you're, you're talking primarily about food and alcohol or, uh, or beverages. So um, therefore we, we practice that biblical spiritual discipline. Now, in our life, there are lots of things that cause distractions and cause us to con- com- uh, consume. We consume a lot of things that are maybe unnecessary. So, if you were to associate, you know, the the consumption of things um, in our culture and context, it's good to fast other things, to give up for a period of time, abstain from them, whether it's social media, whether it's media in general. Um, I mean, we, my wife and I, there's so many ways we've used fasting outside of food to, to really grow in our spiritual faith. We did, you know, minimalism and, you know, no purchase for a month. Like we do things where you just didn't buy anything other than groceries. You know, there's all these things we've done as a way of training. It's just like, Hey, let's not spend X amount. We would do bean and rice nights, um, where we, where we connected our physical fast. We'd fast on Wednesdays. This is years ago. And then that night we would eat beans and rice only. And that was to to stand in solidarity with the poor. So we, we supported a church planner in India. And so the primary food that they would eat were, would be beans and rice at the time or lentils and rice. And so we've, we've done that. So it's really about looking at your life as the training ground for Christ likeness and going, what are the ways, what are the things in my life that are hindering growth in Christ? So for a lot of people, there's some big things, you know, like, hey, if you're consuming too much alcohol, maybe don't drink alcohol for a while. If you're obsessed with your image, maybe don't buy clothes for a yeah, while. Maybe yeah. get rid of some of those things. If you're obsessed with what people think and um, you're addicted to social media, get off social media. There's just a million ways, you know, that you can really apply this concept of fasting. But the food piece is significant. Like, we all need food. Yeah. We need to survive. Like, you can't, you can't not eat. You have to eat. And so there's a real uh, dependence when your body, which needs food and substance, is saying for a period of time, I'm going to survive off of the Lord. That's really what it is. Like, yes. and When it's a fast unto the Lord, I want to make that distinction because intermittent fasting is a, is a popular practice. I've, I've done it a ton you know, for physical health reasons. It's not the same thing yeah. as choosing to fast for the Lord, where you determine in advance, I'm going to offer this season of time to the Lord. You're offering time, you're offering your body, you're offering food to the Lord and and for the sake of seeking Him. And that's the goal, right? So the goal is that you set aside time where you give up food to seek God more intentionally and with intensity. And if I can add, when you give up food, like Darren was saying, it is really the most essential thing that your body needs. And when you choose to omit food out of your life to like be dependent on God, you're essentially saying, my life is in God's hands. And a lot of times, and again, growing up, we avoided eat, avoiding fasting because it seems so insane in our uh, Western culture because like I can eat whenever I want. Mm-hmm. Like it, uh, I yeah. will never go hungry. So choosing to force myself to go hungry, to be dependent on God, I think also is a way for me and for us in the West and throughout church history for us to say, like, if I can do this, if I'm willing to give this up for, 
my relationship with God, to grow in union with God, then I will give up anything. I will give up anything that gets in the way of my discipleship. I'm willing to give that up because if, if you start off with social media as a fast, which you should, but when I've done that, but it is like an additional thing. It's like, I'll give this up. And then it gets back in your life and you kind of just like overconsume again because it, it really is like not tied to your physical, like your, your health. A lot of times we have this kind of warped view of social media or what other things are saying, I can't live without this. But when you really give up food, you can't live without it, mm-hmm, obviously. Right. So it's like a, a limited fast. But I think it trains you, again, all this is in training for your relationship with God and when you step into this regularly, you will be able to step away from anything that gets in that way of radical obedience to him. And so I think it's it's practical, spiritual. It, it, it forms you in a way that nothing else will. And I think that's why food is that model that we follow from the scriptures. But there's like, after as, as doing it myself, I've just learned so much of like, wow, it's it's not just about flesh and bone. Like we're fighting spiritual forces when we choose to um, enter into these physical practices. That's good. I think that's a really good point. Where our culture doesn't say no, right? So we live with a you do what feels right, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, we have this pressure to just do what everyone else is doing. So well, everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it. You don't want to miss out, and so when. Our culture is saying your feelings are God, and that's the highest authority, what you think of yourself, what you feel inside your heart. Therefore, do what feels good. When that's the narrative of belief on top of this fear of missing out, when we come when we come into the faith and we follow Jesus, we apply those kind of values with mm-hmm. Jesus. So yeah. I'll read scripture as long as it doesn't hinder my busy schedule. I'll follow God as long as it makes my life better and more We experienced some technical difficulties during the recording of this podcast, and we unfortunately lost a few minutes of our conversation. We're going to go ahead and skip ahead to when we picked back up again, as Pastor Darren unpacks some of his topics around the concept of Babylon. All right, we're back. All right, here's... Talk about Daniel, or the Babylon. Yeah, so I'll just rephrase, but like Babylon is anti-God, anti-Israel. And so as disciples, we, we need to see today that we live in a Babylon. It's, yeah. it, there's a digital Babylon we're a part of, and there's a physical reality to Babylon that we exist in, meaning we are being influenced and under the reign of forces opposed to God's way of life. So every disciple needs to see this. Like we have a warfare worldview. There are cosmic yeah. superpower be- spiritual beings that are living in the the will and way of God and or living against the will and way of God. So we talk, talk about angels and demons. So it's the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. We don't have neutral territory. There, it's one or yes. the other. And some theology would want to say, oh, there's neutral space. There's not neutral space according to the gospels, according no. to what Jesus is doing. Every inch of the kingdom of God that's expanding is pushing back against the kingdom of darkness. So we know that. Therefore, how do we live with that mindset? So for Daniel, we used him as an example. You know, he's with this massive superpower pressing down on him. And 
they're going to teach him his literature. They're going to change his name. They killed his parents. Potentially he's enslaved to the king. You know, he's going to be forced into leadership, uh, you know, leading and understanding the way of Babylon. And he's going to discern all that cultural discernment. He's going to in, in, in be consuming literature and ideas and concepts. And he does that. But what he doesn't do is eat the meat. Yeah. He doesn't consume meat that's most likely sacrificed to false gods. He when, when the time comes later in his life, he doesn't stop praying. No. They, they give him a, a government mandate. You can only worship this God. And he's like, sorry, my hours of the day are predetermined by the Yahweh I worship. And so I'm going to worship God and pray to my God. And he gets caught and thrown into the lion's den. So there are these moments where he is resisting yes. the tyrannical empire. One of, it, one of the ways is that just a, a, a subversive gentle, yes. I'm not going to eat the meat. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's rebellious, you know, it's mm-hmm. taking power back through what he consumes. He's going to read the literature, but he's not going to eat the meat. I just think that's so important. Yeah. Like he's going to engage as a spiritual advisor to a pagan king, right? And interpret dreams. He's going to do that, but he's not going to give up his prayer. Yeah. So they're, they're like, so think about what that creates. How do you learn that? He's a teenager. He learns that through fasting. Yes. He learns that through this like ability to discern culture, to navigate the chaotic waters of culture and go and like flow through, hey, this this Babylonian story is, you know, is false. I believe in Yahweh. Like he's he's navigating that. We don't have kind of the story. We don't know what's going on internally. I'm just using my imagination to go. Yeah. He's he's for three years training with all these ideas, but he he's been founded in the biblical truth or the Torah, the Old yes. Testament truth. Yeah. To the point where he becomes an old man, you know, thrown into the lion's den. So I think for us, I just want to say this to everyone. Like we are living in a Babylon. We're living, you know, in a world that is opposed to the way of God. Clearly, right? Policies, ideologies, ideas, platforms. They're they're, like, we're all surprised when, you know, when we see demonic activity going on in, you know, the fashion world and the music world, like... That's always been behind the curtain. That's what Revelation is. It's the apocalypse. Yeah. Like it's it's the unveiling. What's behind the powers of the world is Satan. Yes. Who's been at work, you know, from Genesis 3. Mm. And 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 so we know that there is a a a powerful influence behind these tech companies and algorithms and streaming platforms and news medias, but also um, just influencing us. So how do we resist the empire? Well, we train ourselves to opt out. Mm-hmm. We train ourselves to not eat the cultural meats of our day. Yes. Um, and we learn that by not eating, you know, tacos on, for lunch once in a while. <laughs> like really? we, yeah. we learn yeah. the resistance by opting out, by saying, hey, this is the norm of flow and we're just going to train ourselves to opt out. Because for me, when I gave up alcohol, it led to a season of minimalism and simplicity where I, I mean, I, I did this whole thing. It was a year of radical pursuit where I gave up uh, I, I got rid of all of my wardrobe and I had like 33 articles of clothing. I gave up all of my books. I have boxes. Yeah. I have tons of books. I gave up all of my books as a way of like simplifying my life because it had to do with identity. Mm-hmm. Like I'll look at my knowledge and, and there's nothing wrong with having a library. Um, but it was a, it was, God invited me to do mm-hmm. this radical simplicity. It led to like selling our house and moving back to renting because the Lord invited us into this radical dependence. And that was the journey we were on. And it all started with one little tiny thing, not giving up, not drinking alcohol. So I want to encourage everyone to, as we live in the Babylon, to choose fasting 
as a way of training yourself towards resistance, as a way of training yourself in quiet rebellion against the powers of the world that work against God. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. My last question was going to be to package this whole thing in urgency, but you already do that so well, so I didn't have to ask it. <laughs> um, it's been so great listening to you guys, listening to your perspective, Michael. Um, and I think there's just so much wisdom there as you model um, this practice and invite the rest of us into something better and deeper with the Father. Uh, thank you, Darren, for just expanding on that. I just love the urgency. I love the simplicity of what this is because we can do more uh, and we get to do it together. And so if you're in a house church, um, if you are looking for community, um, we want to make sure that you get plugged in. And so please visit garden.church. Uh, to find a house church in your area. Uh, Michael, you are the house church uh, pastor, and so you have done so much to just to just pour into house church leaders and also the house churches. And so um, that's been a blessing to see you just fully wrap your arms around that position and just really care for people. Um, so I'm just excited. You know, so listen, listen to you talk about this. I'm like, I want to fast now. And that's that's great. That's what you should feel. Yeah, you that's know? what I should feel. And, and here's the thing. Again, start small. Yes. Everyone listening, look, don't jump into a 10-day fast. Start with one Please meal. Don't. You know, prepare <laughs> for it. So plenty of resources online for this. Just yeah. figure it out also at the Garden website. So, yeah. All right. So love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Garden Church and how you can get more connected with us and find community in a house church, please visit garden.church and click on the Connect tab.